That's true, but I don't think we ever need permission. Compromiso? Con permiso. Okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you guys. So we are back. Season four finale. It came so soon. It's the season finale. Let's erase that. Like, I'm not happy with this opening. Girl, we'll liven it up. Well, let's finish our shots. Hold on, wait. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Katie. I'm like... (laughs) So you got... You're you're like in prayer. You guys know that we do not edit. So... I... Here we go. Katie, why is this episode so special? Okay. I can't even respond to you right now, especially when your face is coming my way and saying special in that way that we don't talk about any longer like huh? come on nobody See, no, nobody's special you lost me. they're exceptional okay so. well this is news to me okay so pivoting back to this is cocktails and socially conscious conversation with wally and katie at the 412 the divorcee the hey, hey and everyone has a say we have a very extraordinarily very gorgeous perfection and the body that just won't stop vip guest uh, miss raquel to be here i'm very very flattered to be in part of the final season oh, so i'm just so excited here Listen, to we're happy to share the moment you. with the girls at the court 12. what's so <laughs> hilarious is that well wally and i are trying to get our shite together Raquel has folded hands like in prayer. Like, what? She's just waiting. I'm in the middle of these two, and what are they doing? They have no clue. No. Mm. We're all going to talk, and we're going to talk. That's how it starts. We're going to steal the tea tonight. So just know this is going to be an action packed episode. Action packed, and it's going to be short lived. And grab your cocktails because you're Mm -hmm. definitely going to need one. And you know we've been imbibing. Absolutely. Imbibing and thriving. (laughs) Can we all (laughs) cheers to that? Cling, cling, cling. Ching, ching. Oh, that for 12. Cheers. All right. We've done it. So today we have Raquel with us. (laughs) God. I was swallowing. Leave me alone. Um... (laughs) We have Raquel with us. Raquel is short of saying an icon. Like we can't even be short with that. I know she's an icon. Honestly, uh, Raquel, I think we were a little, we were a little nervous. I mean, we know you and we love you, and you're also a socialite among us. But this is something different. This is. I know, it's like you're in the this presence is... of a celebrity or something. Oh my god, I wish I had every, no, I an effect like that on people. <laughs> Katie, oh we god. have to be on our best behavior. Like, <laughs> sit up straight. Like, please don't. Do you know what they say? That, like, when you misbehave, that's when the fun it is. But, no. you know, we're going to try to keep it PG. Oh, <laughs> misbehavior. Girl, PG well, left well, the room yeah. along with racism. Um, so let us begin. Um, so Raquel, for those of you who don't know, which is a lot of you, Raquel actually lives at the social with us. Um, Mm -hmm. she is a performer. She's a singer. She is a nightlife, um, almost celeb, basically like when you've gone out with Raquel, Mm -hmm. you've definitely experienced the best. Um, there are so many things I could say, like Katie. Oh, well, I love Katie. it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I love it. Keep going. Well, so, so Wally, of course, you know, because you two, you're in WeHo, you're at the clubs. Well, yes, pre pandemonium. I'm on the other hand, you know, this 
writer, school teacher, this and that. And I just feel when you walk into the 412, like lights up, knives out, lights out. Like it's a whole nother situation. We have have this unspoken, (laughs) (laughs) unspoken, um, (laughs) there's this thing we call the Raquel effect. Uh Uh-huh. So these nights are almost never planned, (laughs) but (laughs) they have a way of taking a hold of your soul, girl. And it just, Raquel comes in she's so smiley, so bubbly, so motherly. Oh, so maternal. Yet you're so young. Right. 20 something year old. 29. Oh my God. I don't know how young is that, but you know. Girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Raquel walks in, you know, she... There are a few extra Gs added to that, I'm just saying. She captivates (laughs) you with her little, you know, her little... There's nothing little. No. Except, so for, <laughs> except for her waist. That is okay. sin. Oh my so god. After the quarantine is not so little, tight. but yeah. <laughs> so tight. The measurements are there, people. So, you know, obviously you hear her voice. She's so like, oh, like, thank you so much. <laughs> and she's like, I wonder when they're going to give you a drink. Katie and Wally let me little. talk. Let me just say this before we let Raquel loose on the 412 universe which is worldwide thank you all you different countries and some of the states you need to like clue in we of course have been champagneing cocktailing for the last couple of hours deep conversations we've eradicated racism isms it just it well within our four walls but we know it's so important we have to send a positive message out there of closing ranks on everyone that you know who is going to be positive going to be accepting going to be collaborative cooperative courageous and compassionate any more seeds girl Amen. <laughs> Any more? No, I'm fried that up. Happy okay, pride, but, y'all. Happy pride. Happy Finishing pride. my initial thought that I was so rudely interrupted I just, on. You had you had a dream that I was rude to you. I did. Mm. Are you are you making my dreams come true, Katie? Um, no. I'm sipping it now. Back to the Raquel effect. Mm-hmm. Raquel walks in. She's this like you know gorgeous like bodied woman. Powerhouse. Full-bodied woman comes in with her little soft voice. You offer her mm-hmm. a cocktail. She mm-hmm. acts so modest. And then you're up till 6 a.m. Like, where did the time go? What just happened? It's just the conversations are so fluid and so amazing and so inspiring. Why, why do we stop? Hence, it's time to stop. Hence the Raquel effect. So, that being said. Hashtag Raquel effect. Welcome, welcome to our Raquel effect. So Raquel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, what can I say? Yes, give us a break, please. <laughs> a break. So stop us from our Well now I'm 29. Um, but um, I got to the United States when I was 18 years old. I'm a transgender woman. Uh, um, I came running, not running away from home, but I was one of those stories that like my parents didn't agree with my state of mind because they still had um, their reservations. They have their beliefs, um, which they totally changed with the time, which it was for the best for all of us. But not right now, our family is more together than it's ever been, which thank God. Oh, thank, thank you. Whatever yeah. is yes. out there that is made <laughs> this possible. Um, but along the way, I was a lost 18 years old, released into the wild, um, and I find the wild, <laughs> um, for sure. Girl, the I, wild found you. I, okay. Yeah, the wild found me. Did you go from Mexico to Texas or Mexico moved, to Los Angeles? When, when I moved to from uh, Monterrey, Mexico, mm-hmm. um, I was three days to turn 18, mm-hmm. and we had a, a very ugly fight, my, my dad and I. Mm-hmm. We, it was awful to the point that like we couldn't live together, or that those were his words. Um, and I was like, you know what? Good and bad parenting at the time. Mm, my brain thing. Uh, I have a sister, and I'm not 
gonna because of the because of who I am or like uh, I wanted to develop my persona or uh, discover self-discover who I was as a person right which is so important important I, and crucial and uh, <clears throat> I went along and I adventured to myself and I moved I had my visa and I I was one of those overstays besides <laughs> but like I moved to Texas started working in a mall in a candy shop um, and Girl, in the candy, candy shop in the talk mall. about my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard <laughs> they, they, they were all at the mall so I was at the candy shop and then I stayed <clears> there I went through high school to learn English because I didn't knew any English so I had to I had the time also uh, all what I knew was working with music and all what I knew was um all what I knew what to do was sing and it was in Spanish so when I found like I had the luck to like still uh, find one of my recent friends at the time that I met around that time that he invited me to he heard he had the opportunity to hear me sing and like just like there in the mall <laughs> and he was like you sing amazing I would like you to like do a casting for a group which it was a group for like parties and quinceañeras and I moved right to McAllen Texas which is right at the border so like the population is most of them Hispanic so yeah learning English it was difficult but it wasn't that difficult to communicate because everybody knew Spanish right so and everybody loves music right so I ended up getting the job I I uh, was uh, working and um, I started self-discovering because I didn't knew many gay people at the time. So I started self-discovering myself and meeting more gay people and so I had the opportunity to meet a transgender woman. So um, this is this is when you identified as just... As a gay person. In, okay. my, in my head I was a gay person because that's, that's what it could be. I didn't knew a transgender woman. So... I had the opportunity to meet the most amazing transgender woman and she went to one of the restaurants that we happened to be playing and she came up to me and she was like, um, so you sing and you sing amazingly. She tipped me and she was like, uh, I have a drag show uh, and I would like you to come and perform. I would like to give you the transformation. And, and to me at the time, because of the beliefs of my parents, I was like, oh my God, my parents, if they find out. Absolutely. Uh, and ab did you know what a drag show was at the time? I didn't know much about it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I had an idea because, mm -hmm. like I said, gay people, I was already like evolving with them. So I had the idea, but I never went out. I was barely 19 years old. I, I mean, 18 years old, 19 years old around the time that I met her. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I met her and she was like, okay, we'll come and put me in, gra in drag and give me a microphone and she's like, just prepare a pretty song and okay. you go on stage and sing your song. Do you know anything different that you don't do in the group? But maybe you just like kind of like explain what you're saying in your song. Uh -huh. It was nerve rocking. It was a... Oh, what song course. did you sing? I sing a Spanish song, I remember. I sing Besame Mucho. Um, Is there any way you can give us a little, course. like, exclusive? Oh. Just a little bit of something. <laughs> Just a little. Something like, Besame, Besame Mucho, Como si fuera esta noche la última vez. Besame, ay, Besame Mucho. Tengo miedo a perderte, perderte después. Something like that. Oh, <laughs> that is a Thank first you. for at the 412. Angelic, it is the first. <laughs> Thank you. Deep so I come out, I was so nervous, even though that I've been in stages all my life, but I was so nervous. Because and you are also in drag now. Yeah, so it was an entire different persona. I came down stage and. But let I, me ask you, in that moment, did you, like, being in drag, um, as a woman, basically, yeah. like, mm -hmm. because drag is an impersonation of, of what a woman is to be. Yes. Did you, like, find yourself feeling so much more Something along the process, when I was getting ready, my friend was like, you're just so pretty, you're just so pretty. And those mm -hmm. compliments at the time were, like, coming from a broken home and coming from, like, not a broken home, but, like, a home that had definitely <coughs> problems and the problems, well, the it broken was heart. me. Yes. Um, what, it, what at the time, the problem was me. So, uh, 
But well, mind you, you were never you're the, not problem. the problem. <laughs> you're not the problem. <laughs> but at the time, that's how I felt, and of that's that, and and that's how like I I had at some point I had to fix myself. That those were my thoughts. Right, Being where it's young like, and unaware of like what I was going through in the past and meeting people that were like my life. I didn't have any way figured it out. I was just always I always kind of had in my in my back of my head like the only thing that you know you, you know how to do is sing so that's all what i wanted in ambition for the longest time so when all this came down and i got <coughs> down of the uh, of stage the amazing amount of love from all these people it was just amazing and like not to mention the tips. <laughs> the tips were amazing. They're, oh my God. I, I, I was like, what? There's money too? I what? Come, I well, and high. love does not pay the rent. Okay. Yes. I can't, well, sweetie, I got to pay the rent with so much love that night. Um, it was amazing. And it, it became something in my head. Like, this was such an experience that uh, it just felt so good. It mm-hmm. just felt right. It just felt like trying on those shoes that you like so much and you fit in them and, and they're like, the most comfortable shoes like, yes. ruby red slippers click them exactly riding it out dirty yes. move on it's my <laughs> turn let me borrow that shoe have a seat honey because the ruby red prom and mind you I'm stoning them so literally so that happened and then um, one thing led to another so I ended up finding myself not only having to sing at different venues and during the night when those venues um, the restaurants were closed there were clubs and there were gay clubs and I mm-hmm. found myself an opening for another job so I people end up uh, hiring me a lot and I end up becoming very popular until a club from Houston Texas uh, hit me up out of the blue and I was like, wow, like maybe we're up to something at this mm-hmm. point. So You're up like, to something. No, <laughs> up to something. I, I mean, I need more help. So it was like I, I needed help of the team that I because I didn't know anything about makeup. I didn't know anything about padding. I didn't know anything about wearing a bra. I didn't right. know anything about femininity at the time, even though that I was very feminine because I always was very feminine. And this voice was even like more tiny at the time because puberty hasn't hit very well right. at the time. So. I, I started spending time with this uh, transgender woman. Her name is Crystal Klein, amazing performer, drag performer, uh, and transgender woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself seeing so much. She saw herself in me, and I saw myself on her. And I saw her being so comfortable and so amazing. And I, and I was hungry for that because I passed through so many times being unaware and being... Right. Uh, uncomfortable looking at somebody in the in the other side of the mirror that it, I didn't feel comfortable I didn't saw beauty in it where it was someone that you had you felt like that was all that you could be because your parents yeah, like they told course. you like this is unacceptable so once, whatever yeah so once I started rediscovering uh, myself by 19 I started uh, my friend was like you know what like you are very feminine um, she had a very important talk which that's what it defined in my life where I was going it's just like you're very feminine. I see the way that you feel so comfortable in drag, mm-hmm. but drag makeup can do so much, but you don't need much. I'm right. like, you have, you are very feminine. Like this, it comes down to like, is this what you feel? And I had so many wars into myself where like it was always going back to the thoughts of like, why is my parents gonna think? I really, right. I'm already carrying the disgrace of the family. Let's say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What, what? No, that would be that was a right away. I thought no to myself, but slowly going into this job, into this adventure, I saw myself every every time I put in those shoes, walking a mile in those shoes and feeling like nothing, and doing it gracefully and being with my head up high and putting a security blanket on me that. If I I was wearing that blanket, nothing could have stopped me. Right. So when you're saying you feeling like nothing, you mean like you felt everything. Like yes. you didn't feel nothing in terms of it, what your parents might have thought or It felt world. like I could have forgot about all my problems and I enjoyed that moment the most. And it felt like nothing by me by nothing if 
felt like I didn't have those issues when I was this right. persona. You had no more issues. You were I didn't you. feel insecure. I felt pretty. I felt pretty in that time. So finding myself on that, I uh, I I went to the gig in Houston, Texas, and my friend was like, "Well, I have hormones, mm-hmm. so let's see if you're up for it." There's entire emotionally roller coaster that comes with this, but if you feel fine and you are willing to go ahead with these changes, you just find yourself. So, so wait, did that? Did you were you nervous about that? I was very all? nervous. I was so because nervous. now we're I talking was, about pharmaceuticals yes, in your body. I was so nervous because to me it was almost like doing drugs, mm-hmm. right? Where? So that was like putting something on top of like the shame that like I, I was already right. hot coming from home. So. I was like, okay, let's try it. So oh I tried God. it, and I felt mm-hmm. something when I took my the first month of hormones that it real, was... Real quick, can you explain to our listeners why it is that you went with, um, you know, hormones that someone else could give you, and you didn't go to a doctor? Because I didn't... Because at the time, I it was just a chanono. So, like, the most closest that that I had, it was that person, and I knew that that was making her beautiful, and I wanted mm-hmm. to become more beautiful. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to... I was scared of puberty really taking over and like me developing into a full-blown right. man. And that's when I started like having issues with myself. Like, what is it? The what dysphoria. Is it? What is, yeah, the dysphoria started kicking in. And like, I was like, what is it that like this feeling that like, I just don't want to take off the drug. I don't want to take off. Right, where this if you can go to me. sleep and wake up just like that Being every day. that persona, I would have been the happy. most happiest person. Mm-hmm. But that persona needed two hours of getting ready. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that happened and I was like okay so I started my hormones my body reacted so well to it I didn't have emotional this uh, you know but roller coaster whatsoever my body just reacted so well to it that like it was almost like it felt almost like this is I'm in the right path I'm in the right way and I knew where it's that like all of a sudden something clicked something and you're clicked. like all you know, I went all this time feeling the dysphoria, the uncomfortable, the all that, and then to all feel of a sudden so you're, comfortable. you're so taking these hormones, and it's like, wow, I yes. feel, I feel me, I feel me, so I feel, I feel, I feel like I want to love myself for the first time, right, in my life. I wanted to love the person that I was looking in the mirror, even though that uh, that person needed another work. I love for the first time that person that was staring back at me right and for those of you who don't know hormones are not magic like they they work internally and they start reflecting and you mean like just not our physical hormones but the hormones that you're going to do that will be changing your physicality so those those you know they work internally before they work exterior the work it's manifest in the exterior so you know that happened I ended up going to Houston and I, um, I had this look from in the crowd. I met a gentleman that found me highly attractive, and um, he invited me to a date. And I was just like, okay, well, I haven't date at the time because I was, I just didn't love myself. You were so busy. I was busy discovering myself. So it was an entire journey. Didn't without to like involve somebody else with that. Absolutely. So, um, I met this person and he ended up being uh, one of the, he, he worked in a very high position with the police department in, in Houston. And um, he saw me, I think, scared. He saw me in much more need of like um, things. That was just one trip to Houston and I ended up staying in that trip. Right. I ended up staying in Houston. So all this person got me an apartment. So I was staying in Houston, became home. I started working with his apartment. Also, wasn't in my drag, and the drag was just giving so Evolving. much at the time. It was way so much. So it's so interesting to me. So someone like in the police force or in the he just, like the yeah. military whatever he like, government he like, position yeah in texas in of texas. all places but which is also very, at, yeah at one of yeah. her shows which at one right. of her shows i think this person knew where i was what he was going for and absolutely he so he wasn't going into a rescue yeah he was going into be explore mm-hmm. himself okay. like, i think he was exploring himself too at the time and we found each other. He liked me so much for who I was, and he saw that I was just starting a journey. So he gave me a huge push to like get my apartment, give me a job, 
gave me a stability and he was the most amazing human being because if it wasn't for the Saint John mm-hmm. uh, his help I wouldn't be here was one of those stones that like helped me to right, walk. Right, it was a it was a really good stepping stone so, for you. After that, after being a year there already, I turned twenty. Uh, oh no no, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. I lasted two years there, and after like I started doing all Texas, Dallas, Austin, I became one of the regular cast for like a lot of the clubs. And it wasn't anymore a little city. It was like and you were everywhere, money, and bro. I was making money. And what was more important, I on drag the glam and like define myself pretty and like doing all this. Mm-hmm. Um, it became my life, and it became, and I was so happy. I was really, really happy. I was in a very happy space. But when it come down to like uh, helping him to, in these cases and being his secretary and and just punching in data from the foil uh, the files into right, right, right. into the system I'm already dying and over the boredom <laughs> right I'm like <laughs> and into can you imagine yes. Raquel sitting there <laughs> punching yeah. numbers so like oh, my nails are too long literally one finger at a time it's all falling against you breaking nails literally so when I was falling into this like I literally like just like was uh translating to the computer of so many uh, bad <laughs> bad cases with the, with the cops oh. where like he was like so oh. like abuse of kids and like just something horrible that like yeah. at the time being somebody that wanted to love myself that didn't that and then didn't you're, you're having to enter into so much pain yes right. and I couldn't see this more where I had enough for two years and I was like this is enough and I got an opportunity to work in Los Angeles in one of the clubs and I was like, this is amazing. I always saw myself living in Hollywood. I never thought that this was going to happen. Don't we Dream all. Factory. Yeah. So um, I was like, fuck it. I took the first bus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. And that's capital F on I that didn't one. knew anybody. So I was like, let's do it. This is a new adventure. I'm young. And I just turned 21. I'm finally legal to be in the clubs because, honey, I was still working in the clubs. Like, you know, <laughs> we have to work our magic. We do what we have to do. We have to do what we have to do. And I uh, got here. I knew one person, one of my friends, uh, which she had a very strict lender, and she didn't let me stay with her because the lender was so picky. So mm-hmm. I ended up staying. I had enough money to, like, stay for, like, a week in, in a West Hollywood hotel because, honey, those are pricey, by the way. <laughs> so in case you don't know, in case you don't know, if you come in this way, sweetheart, don't stay with Hollywood. Those are the prices because they they are by Beverly Hills. Well, that's actually such a strong point because so many very young young people with so many G's behind that young, <laughs> they are coming here thinking mm. they're gonna make it big and they'll have the auditions and they'll find the agents and all of a sudden that's when that's exactly what happened to me when reality hits right so thankfully something there i highly believe that there's some strong force out there that is being protecting me from like by the way we think it's you we think that there's something else because I cannot give all the credit to me. <laughs> well, but, so we I got here. I did the show and people liked me. After that, I got another show, and um, and I along the way I met this person um, because of my friend, one of my dear friends. She was in the porn industry and, and she was like, "Oh, I want to introduce you to." Um, to a, uh, my friend, producer. the producer, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, I don't want to meet the producer because what if like I end up like pulling into <laughs> Wait, it and right. getting into it? So I was worried about that. Mind you, so you went Wait. from like family exile, like transitioning yes. from to by then candy every- shop in the mall, to, and yeah. you know when you come to Hollywood, everybody's a producer. Oh yeah, yeah, real, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that part. That's so a very good point, Katie. You got into porn. <laughs> mm. So I met this person, and this person, um, so this person, ended up liking me, and and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like uh, make Mess it apart, it and mm-hmm. when like somebody helped me over there, and like, and like, but this person really liked me for who I was, and like this person wanted to like um, take things fast, so like I was like, you know what, no, 
uh, let's take it slow, but that slow lasted a week and I ended up moving in with him. Oh my God. So, uh, it was amazing. It was just, it was just amazing. And the like, chimes are chiming, baby. Ooh, I know the story is getting hot, by the way. And like, <laughs> the story still cooking. Um, but then I, I met him and like, I uh, just um, end up, we end up becoming very, very amazing couple. And at some point, um, I stopped like working as much. I became very like comfortable. And he was a porn producer and he went and he's like, what if you do it? What if you like try and, and I was so scared because I had, I envisioned myself in a whole other way becoming famous. You know right. what they say that you get famous when you take off your clothes. That's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's really true. Okay. So that happened. Next steps. Next step that happened. I ended up having a very successful porn career and, um, but I quit it. As soon as I saw how easy it was, and it wasn't really what I was searching for, I quit it. Uh, uh, I mean, I still thank all my fans because, hey, my fans hey. are still there, giving presents hey, every once hey. in a while. No judgment from the 412 right. ever. So then, after that, along the way, um, I started meeting all these young trans people at the time. I really like, got my books done. The, the, what, what I was scared of, of my family, the judgment, it went away when I find myself being so happy and so liberating the new person that I become. So it wasn't easy, but it was really easy to upset myself once I was evolving into the person that I was fitting in, and like uh, right. into my own skin, like so fully control of my own skin. Were you were you in constant communication with them, or was it with my mother, my sister for sure? My dad came along around that time, mm -hmm. and. Can you tell us about the first time that your dad saw you? Because I Ooh. love this story. Well, <laughs> the first time my dad saw me after uh, I got my boobs done and I went back to South Texas again to recover because uh, I got my boobs done in, in Houston. So for all transgender people, um, getting our boobs done is something really big because that's that's like that's almost sure. like a, coming like into a the shape into like what you want right to see. Right of passage. Exactly. What you want to see in, in, in the mirror. Uh -huh. Once again, going back to the mirror, loving the person that you stare. Mind you, the hormones already gave you like some kind of a me, yeah. cleavage, but for sure. But it wasn't everything that I wanted. So especially with the shows, I wanted to be like the voluptuous Jessica Rabbit. Right. <laughs> okay. Our very so, own. Our very own Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> once it came along, um, my dad. I guess my dad saw me so happy I was, and my mom, I guess she, she, she was already bragging about me. And, and your parents saw you, like, once you had your whole body done, once, like, you were, when it I was, was like, they saw. When I was recovering from my boobs is when my dad finally agreed to meet me. He met me, and he You had, like, I was boobs, nothing to the person, I was nothing to the person that I, that I left home. Right. So... It was. I remember. I remember him looking at me and having like, you know what? He he said something to me, which was I think was, it was, human beings are not meant to be alone, going alone to the through the world. You have a family, and I'm sorry for everything that I did to oh. you, I and I'm so that. sorry that like I didn't see the beauty in you. But you saw it for yourself and you fought it. I don't know what you did. I don't know how long. What, what was it that it took you to get here? But I see you and you are happy. And that's all what I wanted for you. And I want to be here for you. And that is the Ooh, moment that, that makes was, it like worthwhile. Where it's it was like, the most beautiful thing ever. It was you were finally seen by him. I was finally, I, I found a closure. And right. a new chapter to build with, with my family in it. Absolutely. And it was beautiful. That's and beautiful. This is like, again, we talk about the dream factory that is LA, and what you're telling us right now, it's like a movie. Like, you have narrated the most beautiful fairy tale. Raquel coming out with her memoir. Ever. Like, 2021. <laughs> and yet we know it's not going to be the same happy ending is for it, I'm just giving you the highlights of the, like the, the happiest part because but Raquel sorry yeah, but I do want to say the fact that you can share this is going to be it's inspirational, so inspirational. And Girl, I mean, we're on the same page. <laughs> Katie and 
Bali finishing season four. It's the hope. I mean, I'm a huge believer in hope. Spring's eternal. I stand by it. I praise that. And you're the embodiment. And by the <laughs> way, can you. we talk about our body like some more? <laughs> Just one more honestly, time. <laughs> the thing is that for those of you who don't know, um, Raquel has been such a such a key player mm-hmm. in my transitioning process. Mm-hmm. So in the trans community, there are people that you would that you would refer to as mother. So like they are someone they're almost seen as a mentor and they're the ones that help you kind of like they start you off with the ropes and you know you start to understand and um you really start to find yourself because this person has obviously went through it. Raquel has gone through it with the help of her mother. Uh, what was it? Crystal? My mom, uh, Crystal. Crystal. Yeah. But honestly, Wally, from what I've learned from you, it's not that you're choosing your mother or your mentor. They are selecting you. Absolutely. Which is so even it's a, more It's amazing. someone that, that takes the time uh, which is so crucial, especially like in today's day and age, taking the time to spread love and kindness. So Raquel has been that person for me, and we actually had a really deep talk the one time because this is so. You guys obviously don't know what I look like. But, <laughs> um, maybe that's season five. We'll release a few gorgeous photos of us. So with Raquel, um, Raquel met me at a point where I was also identifying as a gay man, and mm-hmm. um, you know my look just. Uh, kept getting more and more feminine to the point where I was looking feminine, I was being feminine, but yet never had the realization because like Raquel said, it's something that your family like looks down upon you for. Especially if you have a Latin background. Absolutely. So we're, we're both Hispanic and um, you know, I had this conversation with Raquel and she basically was like... I know that you're fearful of what your family might think, but once they see how happy you are, like her story has affected me so greatly. She said, once they see how happy you are, all of that will kind of just fade away and it will it will take a back seat. Because at the end of the day, and I, and I see it on myself now, uh, well, when, when I was going along the story that like after all these years and I found myself with a career comfortable, I started traveling uh, all the United States, performing in all the gay prides. I, uh, I West Hollywood was is my home, and and all that. Um, along the way, I saw, I, I it was my turn to be the crystal. Mm. I I saw myself wanting that person to give me that much kindness, and she fought for me when I didn't fight for me. I, it was my turn to like put that that dress on right oh my gosh it just like when you're saying crystal i just visualized like the crystal ball wizard of (laughs) oz just looking into what your future can be yes and and when that happened i found an amazing girl I found two of them. One of them, it's not so good. <laughs> so sadly, that you know, that that one was the the, uh, t- the not the, how do you call it the problem child. <laughs> um, but the other that one happens. developed so well into becoming her own her own boss. She owns her own uh, makeup brand. She Beautiful. is very well known. Shout out to Nikita Dragon. Um, we if uh, we end up recording an entire show for her uh, for Snapchat uh, that I'm in it. So if you guys want to go see it, <laughs> see it on Snapchat. <laughs> and then once I saw that, and I I just had so much uh, passion for uh, sharing love, like all the good things that happened to me, I wanted it for like the people there, the upcoming generation, without the struggles that I had to face. And through all that time and I see that I see that in every conversation we have every time you're over here and the Raquel effect of talking through <laughs> the night till 6 a.m. when actually I do have to start preparing to <laughs> teaching go, yeah. to go to school <laughs> you're like 
bye. I can just right. go rest now. I'm like, okay. However, your the conversations we have, the transformations, what is going on here, I'm able, like in my small, humble way, pass on to young students who are... Nine years old. They're nine. They're making their posters. They're like black lives, brown lives, all lives, trans, gay, the Q. The Q is like the best letter in the alphabet. And they're like, we're questioning. We have questions for you, Miss Huntley. I'm like... I don't have all the answers, but the fact that you have your voice and you're using it and you're being socially activist, nine-year-olds, and you're part of history right now. Like this historical time, their primary, your primary sources, I'm hopeful. I'm grateful. Which we were just saying, hope. Yeah. You are you exude hope. <laughs> um as Raquel fixes Wally's leg. <laughs> fini- finishing my thought, um, so Raquel was one of those people for me where she she took the time, she saw someone who was starting to find themselves and took the time, had the conversation and uh kinda gave me that push that I needed where it was like I was also afraid like of my family and she reassured me that, you know, once they see the happiness that you, you're exuding, you know, that's, that's all that people want in life. Like, if you find happiness, you found the fountain of youth. I highly believe that as a parent, there's nothing you, I mean, as a parent, right away, when you are, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I experienced it because I have no babies. So like, but I, I say it the way that I, my parents give it to me, that they, you had an entire plan for me. Mm-hmm. You had a thoughts and ambitions and, and hopes and dreams for me to like have an amazing life. Sadly, that wasn't my choice. And that's what they were like conflicting so much into it. Right. So, but something that I always told myself along the way, uh, when that was self-discovering myself and like uh, my mother, Crystal, told it to me and I told it to Wally was that parents will find themselves successful when they send their kids happy there's nothing more beautiful than like them kids being happy for being for who they are and seeing the world through your child's eyes absolutely there's nothing more beautiful (laughs) than that and and that's something that i sound wally i was like wally was so worried about her parents i'm like at the end of the day i want you to do good and i want you to do amazing things and you're so talented but you need to accept yourself for who you are and love yourself because you are this person. And you know what has happened? So that was something so scary for me. And actually, Katie was present when I was, like, telling my mother that, you know, I I identify as trans. And we were at a restaurant, which is now not open, Market City. <laughs> I was going to say, which we were sitting there and we were having oh a happy gosh. hour cocktail oh and mm. I am literally sitting right in front of Katie like <laughs> <laughs> there's like a little box in front of us and I am bawling mm-hmm. and Katie was just so understanding and just so she was just so there for me like I think I was mainly ordering another cocktail just <laughs> as looking as interested as, as robust could. as you would love to make yourself <laughs> seem Katie was really someone that, like, it wasn't like a, oh, like, let's talk about it this time and the third, but it was more so like, listen, I am here, I'm sitting right here with you, like, if you want to talk to me about it, by all means, but have your moment, feel it, and that was a life-changing thing for me, and now my mother is like, you know, best friend, like, this and the third, she still has things that she has a hard time understanding, like, Which I also understand because I as do I because I do have children like as, as do I, but it's just crazy seeing how like how far she has come and I had never thought that that was even a possibility. So, so it's just a that way of opening people's mind mm-hmm. and like the learning 
lesson of transitioning now because it's not only you who transition the entire it's people that is around you yeah. transitions with you no it's a community and Wally you weren't part of the conversation a little bit <coughs> excuse me earlier Raquel and I were talking about like with everything that's going on and I know to my very bone marrow <laughs> that mm-hmm. I have been a social justice warrior from the get-go, from the time I was born. Yet, I have to recognize my own biases along mm-hmm. the way as an Irish white woman. Cisgendered white woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm good with that. Well, it's not like I'm good with that. I'm like, okay, let me be open. Let me find out. Give me examples. You've done the work. Make, make the recommenda- recommendations because I want to do the work. I don't. Absolutely. I don't want to well, share. I want to do the work. The thing is, I feel like in oh life God, you I have to. You. you have two standpoints. Yes. It's like someone who knows that something is happening and they choose to do nothing about it. And then the person that is proactive and you know, informs themselves and therefore is able to see a different perspective than what than the perspective that they were introduced like with life. So Well here's the thing, Molly. I will say, and again, I run with a crowd and I always have with my friends that have been very progressive, have been at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. And now the game has changed where it's like hold up it's still not good enough and we need to go 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 we need to dig deeper mm-hmm. we need to broaden we need to have the height the width whatever the area perimeter of volume whatever geometry <laughs> that i have a horrible time teaching but there's a lot and i thank you wally and i revere you raquel for opening up my world and hope hopeful that this little platform we have and it's not little by the way and I don't want to belittle it at all but we run a podcast we're in our fourth season this is a finale we'll go on to the fifth it's a worldwide audience and listen up and I just hope whoever is listening these stories shine a little bit um of light. of light in your darkness and if you're feeling this way you're not the only one going through this just remember that things are gonna get better also I wanna say like you know thank you Katie for <laughs> that beautiful um, moment that you just had but also like we revere you because it's also you have taken the time to understand a culture that was not yours to begin with You've taken the time to understand people yeah, that you're not <laughs> that you're you're not in you're not running in the same circles like all the time. You know, you've you've went outside of yourself and you've but dug you into something there else. And understand and appreciate the stories is the most amazing thing. Absolutely. So you thank us, but girl, we thank you just as much because n- there aren't enough people <laughs> taking the time to do this. Because if there were, the world would look very differently. So, we appreciate you. We love that you even take the time to just talk about and understand our community. And that you are feeding the young minds of today our experience. (laughs) So, thank you as well, Katie. Salamat. As I say, <laughs> Tagalog. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> no, but yeah, these times are crazy, but... Looking up. We're looking, looking up. up. We're looking good. There's no hard times to come for, like, mm-hmm. amazing things. Amazing things to come. Right. Changes on the air, and things are just going to get better. We'll get through it. And this is just one of many stories, like... You know, there are so many people out there that it doesn't always look this way. Like, there are people that their families exile them and they're on the streets and they turn to drugs or they do this. Or It's just, or, like I was saying, it's just, it's, you just gotta have hope in yourself. And you just gotta, like me being, going back to my story, uh, 
me being a little boy at the time, dreaming, they dreaming uh, about becoming a singer and about becoming all these things. Uh, I didn't have a path, I didn't have a plan, but all these things evolved into my way and I took the opportunity. And it changed my life. I would never have ambition in, or like that in a million years that I would be here telling my story in this platform um, with amazing friends uh, in this loving environment that we're not. If I wouldn't have took the chance and like these things would have happened, that they were at the time horrible, but it built me up as a person that I am right now and I'm here with you guys. So I think the message today is it all gets better. And that is that is the most stereotypical, like just generic answer, but it is so true. But if you believe they will get better, trust me, it will get better. It gets better. Like <laughs> and, and that is all I'm gonna say about that. Like this is beautiful. <laughs> and going back to where Wally and I first began the hate and the divorce we started out because no one could understand what the 5'9 at the time and the 22 what what did we have in common what could we talk about at the dining room table with our beautiful dinner wine cocktails and conversations and well here you go so, what? We all here advocating for love. We're going back to pride, love who you are, they embrace laugh. who you are, you're different. People mark you as different, honey, so be it. So embrace it. Embrace it and be proud of who you are. And be who you are. Um. So that being said, I think that this is a beautiful point to just wrap up. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Thank you thank so you. much for having me. This has been amazing. I love Privilege. it. This, I, I, girl, I probably, I probably so much, but thank you so much. Thank you for gracing us with your marvelous story. Um, thank you guys for supporting. Thank you so much for sharing the same views that we do. And we really appreciate all of you. The And the Gmail. If you wish to contact us... We're working on it, so it's going to be in the uh, bio of this episode. Right. If not, season five. Like, we're getting our act together. We're getting it together. We cool. revamped the website for you guys. Just we're busy. hold on to that. We're Suckle not, on that. We're not bored in the coronavirus. We're, like, we're busy, so... Well, we, stop. we love you all so much. So much. This is finale season four. Hi! And you better gear up for season five because we're coming even stronger, even more fab, even more interviews. See, I hear the season five. Have, <laughs> I hear the season five might have like some special guests to like Shangela, Valentina, or Liam Riley. Let's see. Let's, Let's see what's to come. See. Let's see who's lucky. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.